0: You found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm speaking to you from West Orange, New Jersey. Delighted to have this opportunity to interview healer and teacher Mary DiAgostino. Who will be speaking to us from fort collins colorado where she enjoys her five grown children and six grandsons mary is the owner of a holistic healing arts practice called heart of gaia creative healing arts where she employs her gifts as an intuitive guide a spiritual counselor a soul medium a reiki teacher and practitioner and an educator in the intuitive arts to generate healing and transformation for her clients. She is also the author of a riveting historical fiction fantasy that is the first in a trilogy titled Into the Forest, A Maiden's Journey. And she has another book titled 111 Days of Divine Intervention, A Mother's Healing Journey coming out this spring. I'm looking forward to asking Mary about the healing spiritual growth and rebirth she experienced after her youngest son died in a tragic car accident, the powerful intervention spirit in her life, the miracles that have appeared in her life, the many ways she helps people to heal, her books and more for what is going to be an enlightened, fascinating and uplifting interview. Hey, Mary. A warm, loving welcome to Grief and Rebirth podcast. Thank
1: you, Irene. Thank you.
0: So my pleasure. So let's begin our interview with this question. Please tell us about your youth and your early internal knowing that life is so much more than it seems.
1: Sure. Thank you. Thank you. I'd love to. Okay. sorry. way back then, huh? they (laughs) are taking you all the way back. back. All the way back to my little girl. Well, you know, I was, um, I was uh, this little child, the oldest of eight kids. And so I had quite a responsibility right away and I was uh, up for it. You know, I was that child that wanted to get things done and figure out life. So I, and I went, I was raised Catholic. So we went to Catholic school and we were taught, um, you know, the rules of that religion but i knew i I had this knowing that came to me i remember one time in particular when i was in fourth grade and we were being shown god as this angry man in the sky and judgmental and i I thought you know what that's not god that is not god i know god (laughs) god is this loving being and so i just kind of kept it to myself And also, I had a very strong connection with nature and trees and and, uh, got to live near a, like a field when I was a kid and spent hours just connecting with the sky and the land and just felt such a strong connection to something greater that was right there for me. So, yeah, and also with angels, because I was taught about angels as a child, in my with my religion, and I I felt them. I saw them. They were with me. And wow. Yeah. Did your my, religion teach
0: you that they were with you, or did it teach you that they were celestial beings in the sky somewhere? I mean, you actually perceived them with you.
1: Yeah, I did. You know what? The religion. You know, it was that prayer. I think a lot of um, kids prayed back then, and the it was um, angel of God, my guardian dear, and so I I always felt them with me when I prayed that. I felt the presence of my angels i thought they were there and there was this a picture hanging in my bedroom of and it's a very popular picture i don't know who the artist was but it's two children crossing a bridge and a big angel watching over and i felt like that was me um and so i just always felt they were with me not not some far off place but with me yeah
0: Yeah, that's great so now i need to ask you about your son brandon could you please describe his accident and share you had quite a spiritual experience when he passed right
1: right right okay yeah we we
0: sprung away from your childhood right to right up uh
1: years later (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so you know from my my childhood i had uh, you know kind of through my various experience had opened up to spirit and so on and so forth but with brandon so he's the youngest of my five i have five children and four sons and one daughter and brandon's my youngest he was 24 and this was in 2017 when he was um killed in a car accident but what i what i this is this let's see where do i begin so i'm going to tell you the story by going a few days before his passing. And it was January 11th, so the number is 111. And a friend of mine had sent me a, an angel meditation. She said, you might like this. Hey, it's you know the archangels. And so I said, okay, may, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do it. And so I listened to that meditation. And during the meditation, I had a very strong, uncomfortable feeling. Uh, the guidance was the angels as I said that were with me and um, were like pushing me through a uh, portal of light and on one side was a column of one on the left in the middle was a, a column of light here and then another column on my right and and it was like my heart was pushing me forward and it felt like a tight squeeze like a I didn't want to go. I didn't want to do this, but the angels were guiding me in this meditation. It would be okay. And I could do it. And I said, okay, well, and I wrote about it in my journal that, you know, going through this portal and the angels were supporting me, telling me everything would be okay, that this was a part of my, my plan, my process. And I thought, well, that was very interesting, (laughs) you know, a little bit. Uh, disconcerting, but also very trusting of the guidance that I was receiving. So over the next several days, so that was January 11th, um, I had, I was kind of in an altered state and felt, and I do that in my practice and in my life, I, you know, meditate and, and, um, and then on uh, Friday, January 13th, I had uh, a couple in session that I was in session with an intuitive healing and reading. And so that was uh, around 7 p.m. And in that session, I had uh, a vision and I realized, and I have permission to share this from them, it's, you know, in session because it it was a vision of a, a huge goddess angel in the night sky. And she was taking stars out of the sky and putting them on the earth. And then she was taking them off of the earth and putting them back up into the sky. And I shared that vision with my client. And they were there. The couple were like, Oh, that's a beautiful vision, but we didn't think it pertained to them, you know, but it was okay. Well, that was a good vision. But so fast forward, it was the evening. I, you know, I went to sleep a very, very, um, deep sleep, but before I had gone to sleep, I, I took my phone out and I was looking at pictures of Brandon and his last birthday and there was a beautiful just coincidentally you, you felt just coincidentally you know i um you know i was relaxing i picked my phone up started looking through my phone and saw those pictures of brandon and and his my little nephews or his little nephews my grandson singing happy birthday with this it was dark with the cake lit of the candles it was the cutest thing and i i felt this deep sense of peace And sadness too, it like, because Brandon had been through quite a lot in his life and uh, struggles and challenges, but he was in a good place. But as the mom, I I just felt like, you know, I I feel like he's doing well now and at peace somehow. So I go to sleep. I wake up the next morning to uh, phone calls and that Brandon was missing and his fiance had been trying to call me and text me all night, but I had gotten none of those texts, none oh, of them. Wow. None. And when she texted me that morning, I, th- I thought, well, you know, Brandon's kind of known to m- not respond to her sometimes. <laughs> so I went on onto um, his Facebook, uh, and I said, I want to see what he's up to. Maybe he posted something. And I saw a uh, video, a short video, about eight seconds that he had posted live on his Facebook page. And it was a picture of a um, dashboard of a car, of a Maserati. And it was him, but you know there wasn't any face. And it just showed the, the dashboard of the car and the speedometer going from about two miles an hour up to 111 miles an hour, one, 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 and then stopped. And when I saw that, I knew I I had that mother knowing that he had gone through that portal of light. It, I just, I had that knowing that feeling and I heard it too. I heard uh, his voice that my guides, my angels, just saying he went through the portal. Wow. And I, I, for a split second was relieved in a way or, and then my mother instinct kicked in and I was terrified. And, and I, uh, I said, well, you know, I started talking to Brandon as if he was right there. And I said, well, where are you? And, what's going on, and I need to know, and I heard him again, and I could see his face, his shining bright smile, and he said, I'm okay, mom, I'm okay, and, and his face was surrounded in, like, water and sparkling um, energy, and so I, uh, you know, I just took that, and then went on to search for what happened to him, and my other children, his father, his friends, all started looking, so he had ac- actually, worked at a car dealership, a luxury car dealership in Denver. And they, he had taken the car, a car out a Maserati that evening. Around the same time I was having that vision in my session, he was speeding down a side road where they would often take the cars out. They were allowed to do that. And they weren't allowed to speed, but you know, young men, sports cars. And uh, he was speeding down the road and he um, lost control and ended up flipping many times. So oh, that's why when I told you my story, it Yes, yes. and flew, he flew 120 feet. I didn't know this until much later, but flew and landed upside down in a ditch. Yeah, was oh, a pond. And there was some water, it was very little water, but there was water. And it was so dark and no lights that, Uh, you know a couple hours later when he didn't return the car his colleagues had gone out looking but they couldn't see him anywhere they couldn't find him so he he uh was there and the next morning um while we were frantically trying to figure out what had happened uh he was found by a, a jogger who was walking by and um and they found him and he had passed and And uh, then later that day, much later, we were all informed, but we had to go, we all had to go like 60 miles away and go to the sheriff's office and go in there. And they told us, and um, it was, you know, as you can imagine, but that whole one, 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 um, and that message uh, was something that later, a month later, and I will like to share this because it's such a powerful message for others. Going through the loss or the grief or the, you know, trying to understand what happens to our soul. Um, and so about a month later, I was out walking after his passing and I started to talk to him and I said, Brandon, um, you know, how, what's he said, mom? Well, he said, mom, would you like to know what happened that day? And I
0: said, I hear him. That's amazing.
1: Yes. Well, you know, right away, I mean, I started talking to him but I have I've done that all my life with my children I think you know my my mind is telling them what to do when they're grown people and they're hearing you <laughs> yes and they listen sometimes they listen <laughs> but um so so I said yes I want to know what happened and then I said but don't tell me anything that I that it's going to be too hard for me to hear and he's like no 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 I want to just talk to you about it and I said okay well I'm going to go home and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to listen and I'm going to write what I hear and he was very agreeable with that. So we went home. I went home. We did. We went home. And he, he shared with me what happened. And um, and it was through the, just the connecting of the dots of my experience before he passed, the day that he passed, the messages I got. And then afterward, there were many synchronicities of such strong the light outside of our home the street lamp the day after he passed started blinking off and on continuously but it would only do it when me or one of my children were outside yeah saying hi to brandon it would start flashing and it did it for months months wow. every time we'd come home it would start flashing if it was nighttime um but so he said to me this is what happened when he passed um and he said that um here's how it went i was driving and along came this giant angel and she snatched me right out of the car she lifted me up and held me in her arms and i thought it was you mom I, I thought it was you she looked and smelled like you and she felt like you, like, and like I was coming home. And so, you I knew that because he would always, you know, my kids came home, come home into my ho- home and they're like, I'm home. What's to eat? You know, <laughs> I have a hug, mom? <laughs> and I felt that when he was telling me this um, and she, he said, she held me and we watched the car just for a moment. And she took me somewhere. She held me and told me how much she loved me. And, and I still thought it was you. I think it was you. I felt the connection, like when you love me and that love goes on and on and on. She was your love and my love and all the love that I ever felt and all the love I ever gave. I felt this warm, like glowing and it's where I've been returning to over and over. I kind of remove myself from it and I visit places and then I return, but I can't really ever leave it ever. It was all a part of the plan to light up this love again in our family make it make this love the strongest more no more like remembrance we forgot but you didn't mom you never forgot love you fed me love you you gave me so much love thank you mom and yeah and then he said that I need to receive the love now that my yes my my turn so that that's that's the incredible spiritual experience that, you know, that held me, that, that nurtured me, that gave me uh, hope always. And it, because the thing is, is that only I knew that I was meditating on that one, 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 you know, and what I received, I didn't share that with anyone. I wrote it in my journal, but, and then to have that one, one, one number that my son showed me, mm-hmm. It, it, it goes beyond, right, Irene? Absolutely. It goes, beyond. goes beyond. Absolutely. Defying, defies <laughs> logic.
0: Absolutely. Well, there were also other divine interventions, synchronistic events and miracles that you experienced. Do you want to just mention a few of them? You were really True.
1: online. That, I'm, <laughs> you were I'm really online. online. <laughs> well, I, it was almost as if I demanded it, you know, it was like, <laughs> look, if I, if my son, if you and I was kind of like that with him in life, Brandon, it's like, look, if you're going to do these crazy things, you need to let me know that everything's OK right. or, or that there's more to life than meets the eye and, and so on and so forth. But um, I, I don't know. Well, there's this one, OK, that it was Mother's Day and it was shortly after. So he passed in January and this was May and we were all gathered, my kids and I and we were in the backyard and we were so sad and, and, you know, and we try and help you, you know, we try and keep each other lifted and, and upbeat. And, and so we're sitting in the yard having a picnic. I said, well, let's just have a picnic. And my daughters-in-law are with me and around a table and the boys are sitting men, young men are out at another table and we're starting to eat. And then I get, I thought of Brandon and I got really sad and I, I started to cry a bit. And then I, um, my daughter-in-law who was sitting directly across from me she says, "Ma, ma look!" and I was like, "What?" And there was a tiny white feather floating down and it landed on my shoulder and there are no trees, no trees around, no birds anywhere near and and she just she got up and she went around and picked up the feather and here's actually this feather is very similar to it that I found that I received a couple of days ago on his birthday. It was his birthday, but. Wow. Yeah. And it, and she took the feather and showed it to me. And I looked at it and all my kids were staring at me wide-eyed. And I said, you can't make this, you know, what up. <laughs> Hi, Brandon. <laughs> I was like, wow, thank you, Brandon. So that was one uh, miracle. Um, yeah, and. Uh, I'm just—he's he's like loss. he's giving you a bunch of signs. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the light—the light flashing. Um, you know the light that he—that um, was uncanny. That it was him. And um, the let's see what else am I? Am I? Uh, there, there definitely have been many signs. He leaves. Um, he he comes through the hawks. So we have a lot of hawks here in Colorado, but none of them that come and like act the way that the hawks do (laughs) around us. And, and, um, and when we were, well, for example, when I went to find his um, a few months after I went to go to the crash site and I didn't exactly know where it was, but I had followed the, you know, I said, okay, well, it happened here. And so I went on a journey to find it and I was in the wrong place. And all of a sudden, and this isn't a hawk, this is an eagle, a bald eagle was flying around circling where the actual crash site was. And it was right across the little street. And so I got up and I walked over there and at the crash site, I found uh, white feather I found um, the uh, rock and a couple of rocks every time I go there I find something in the shape of a heart heart rocks and I did some healing on this site you know I did uh, I, heal, I I put crystals in the water and um, other things but Brandon was there with the eagle circling and then what I what he I went walking next to where he the the area is so it's a drainage area um, that will probably never it's never going to be built on Uh, and right next to it adjacent is a park and it's a historic landmark uh, and it's called flying flying b as in Brandon Park wow and and the uh, yeah and and I I was like oh my gosh here we are and that was his nickname b and, wow. and and it was just the most amazing place that he could have picked. And I could hear him again saying, "Yeah, I had to pick this for you because I knew that, you know, if I didn't, you'd be mad." <laughs> anyway, well, actually, it
0: was very true because he, he it's flying bee, and he flew to the other side. So. <laughs> yes, he did.
1: And he was a big skateboarder. And he posted just a few days before he passed. He posted a picture of him and put the words flying i'm flying home i'm flying oh
0: my goodness oh my goodness goodness. so i have to share you with everyone listening because you have overcome such incredible adversity in your life mary holy moly how were you able to overcome the many daunting challenges you face which include teen motherhood two divorces having a child born with a congenital heart defect his health issues domestic abuse, and the sudden death of your youngest son, Brandon. How did you see yourself? How did you come to be whole sitting in front of me today, going through all of that?
1: <laughs> yeah, when you put it all together, it's really quite uh, daunting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I did do it one step at a time, and that is my one of my mantras, it's one day at a time. And, and you know, I always had that strong faith that, there was something else going on beside the, you know, the the hardships. That that there was a bigger um, picture, a, a plan. And I always felt that um, I was going to be guided, and protected, and loved, and watched over. And and um, and you know, so from teen motherhood up. Um, I, and I also, what also happened for me was. I asked for help from guidance and the divine in life and I well actually
0: that was sort of a heads up when you saw the angels and you perceived them when you were a kid because you were a teen it seems to me you were a teen mother but meanwhile you already knew that there was there was something else yes I- you tried to
1: I did. And I was, you know, and I, I look back over it. I'm doing some, I was, I was sharing this. And as you asked the question, I was sharing this with a friend yesterday, the, you know, the many synchronicities. So when I became a teen mom, which was not my plan, I was going, you know, on for great, greatness as a young woman in the 1970s, I was going to do it all. <laughs> you know how that song anyway. And, and, um, and my mother-in-law and father-in-law were, amazing they took me in they had they I was like one of theirs and and my mother-in-law introduced me to the uh meditation and human consciousness oh my gosh yeah in that in the early 1980s in the, right? wow yep she was quite the you know quite the maverick and um I just happened to step into that and she saw me she said come on mary we're we're gonna do this and and so every step of the way irene i have had angels on earth step in and i've pursued that too you know through i you know through the 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 hardship i want to call it my will or my my uh stubborn i don't know my stubborn italian (laughs) Leo, you know, whatever, but it was my strong um, belief in the connection that that this is a a divinely inspired universe and, and I was met with these people, I was also met with great, you know, people that were not that way, but then there were also those, those helpers, those healers, those, those connectors that were had hearts of gold, and like you do, and help people. And so I I feel that it was through my will, my connection to spirit, my always wanting to to um, transform and and find the goodness in my life that that and the people that showed up and my angels and connection. On Sounds that. like
0: you had angels both on, on both sides of the veil. You had Absolutely. angels in human form that helped you. I've had that experience too, and from the other side. Yes. <laughs> right. And. Yep you tell me about the healing and the path of resilience you took after Brandon's sudden death, which led you further into your spiritual growth and rebirth.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I became determined at that point, as I shared about the experience that I um, felt with such a, it was such an intimate gift that I was given really to feel, I felt like I helped him cross and I was there with him. And and I, so I continued to every day. Um, my focus was on connecting to spirit and healing this grief. So I learned about what grief is. I learned about it through my own experience. Oh my God. have
0: so many times that you were grieving.
1: Oh, and you know, I never, honestly, I never, I don't think I ever stopped to grieve anything until the loss of Brandon. I just kept building and and you know taking care of the, my children and myself and and um, I kept building my life and didn't really have time to stop and grieve although the years preceding Brandon's passing he he was it was a lot about his own well-being and safety and health and and um, but when he passed I had to grieve I had to I mean the the body you know my body was, not going to go on it was yes and aching and pain and so I instead of um not understanding or wanting to I don't know I just learned everything I could and it all made sense to me that uh, this was the greatest loss and that I would I knew what to do for myself. I would find helpers again, I would find healers. I would tend to my healing and my grief. So I had to create some strong boundaries with people um, who may not have understood what I needed. And I just, I I had a my rituals, my, you know, my um, waking up in the morning and meditating and connecting to spirit and journaling and walking in nature and, just being really, really diligent with um, taking care of myself and finding um, those who, who would support me in it too. And, um, and just coming to understand that going through, I had this vision, right, clearly, you know, and I mean, it just, it takes you down, it took me down and I uh, some days of course I took you of, down right of course I could, took you down I could barely you know really I could function but I wasn't it was just this fog right and so I remember having this um experience of seeing this portal again but and and going through it and this it was just this <clears throat> horrible feeling of grief right the darkness the sadness the terror the what do you mean he's gone you know I I don't I know he was with me in spirit, but his physical body's gone. Yeah, of course. And that, that felt, um, visceral for me as a mother, you know, a mother giving, having given birth five times. It's like, wait, uh, part of me is gone. Dying. So I felt that I needed to find that part of me. And that part of me was in spirit and also here. So I went, I, I went through that. I saw myself going through the darkness and on the other side was joy. It was. It, wow. was it gives me the chills. And I, I, was like, okay, I'm. I'll do it then. I'll feel those feelings. I'll get support. I'll, I'll grieve. I'll moan. I'll cry. I'll, I'll do everything I need to do. Um, to but the rainbow is on the other side. William. Yes, because that is what I, you know, I know is going through the experience leads you to, um, light, greater love. Um, and it was the way I was treating myself, too, with great love and compassion for my loss. And that, I feel, is very important. Yeah, it sounds like part of your rebirth was to learn about self-love. Absolutely. That's my, big, that's my big message. Because as a child, although I felt the love of the divine and the angels, the self-love was not there. It was not taught to me. It was actually the opposite, you know? Uh, you're not worthy. You're not good enough. And, and so I had to really get out those big guns and say, oh, no, I am worthy. I'm, I have to take care of myself. If I don't self-care, self-love, self-appreciate and you know, self-accept what, what has happened, um, I won't get through this. So I really turned it up high. That's
0: great. Well, I want to turn our conversation to your book because everyone, I loved her book. Uh, Mary wrote this riveting book titled Into the Forest, A Maiden's Journey. And it's the first book in a trilogy. What inspires you to begin writing this book? And in what ways were that strange group of women defined the religion of the times, the lovely maiden Elizabeth, who longed for truth, freedom, and happiness, and the metaphor of the forest? Drawn from aspects of your own life, and everyone, I can't encourage you enough to read this book. It was wonderful. Really,
1: I love you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, what inspired me to write this? So, I wrote. I went through a divorce in 2002, and it was devastating. Divorce, and it was my second marriage. Had been married for quite a few years, and and had. You know my children and and anyway so i started to i i had this i kept getting these images in meditation um of these people these characters and i i had an i knew that it was past life and so i thought well let me find out what they're doing <laughs> And I felt that I could heal. There was something that was with this story and the telling of this story that would help me heal my relationship with my uh, ex, soon-to-be ex-husband. And so I started to write the story and I um, wrote it pretty quickly and um, then published it finally. And it went through its own journey, let me tell you, of self-love, just like me, (laughs) my book, my book itself went through many journeys, because back then you needed to have a publisher, you couldn't, you know, couldn't self-publish, or, right, so anyway, so the, the maiden Elizabeth is the main character, and she came to me, and I know that I was, uh, she was a, definitely a past life of mine,
0: of yours, she was unbelievable, what a strong character, and then you had that strange group of women,
1: is yeah. that standing for like what you do with people with Heart of Gaia? Yes, it is. It's it was my guest, yeah. Yes, they were a strange group, weren't they? But so knowing for me, I went. I knew it's comforting who people are. I, I know who they are. I know what they do. Very, you know. So she connected the strong-willed young woman um said no I'm not going to be you, you know living a life that everyone else tells me I have to live I'm going to find my myself my my spirit my light and she found it in the forest um and met these women so th- those women definitely live the way I live now Irene I not I don't live in the forest <laughs> <laughs> but she gather people together for healing and all yes. that they did Yes, I do. Yes. And they're connected with their, you know, their healing gifts. They're connected with who they are as, um, as people. And they never separated from that. They were never taught differently as many of us were, you know, it was, I believe we're born with knowing and intuition and, and, and then it's taught out of, we're
0: conditioned, right. We're conditioned. it's, It's not good. So, how did how did the book how did editing it bring you a deeper understanding of life and death and help you with your second divorce
1: well um I didn't know it it's really interesting because the book really foreshadows so it was written in 2002 and then um so it it helped me with the divorce because it allowed me to connect with my power okay yeah so you know I was in a marriage where he was controlling, manipulative, and it ended up I had to get out and go find my women of the forest, and and um, I was determined to do that. And so, editing it, writing it, editing it was really helping me to connect with those aspects of myself. You know, the maiden Elizabeth, the 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 healer, the the you know the the women who were connected with their power, the. Also the the villains, you know, you, you there was oh they were horrible, yeah. <laughs> yeah they were bad, but they were my way of expressing this is what happened to me, this is how I felt, and this was real, but I told it through story so that I could heal, so that I could find my power, so that I could find my voice. Really, it, it it's my voice that it was suppressed during the marriage and and before uh, both marriages. You know, it was I was, you know, that woman was so much power and passion, but was told, conditioned to hide it. Um, don't, you know, don't rock the boat. And through the writing the story, editing it, and and then publishing it this last year has been a great, um, Healing for me, and also a connection with those others, you know, in the audience and in life that that are also on that path, so that they can know how powerful they are, and that it's their birthright to seek that and live out their truth.
0: Absolutely. I just have to ask you, the the Father Gregory, who was so um, <laughs> um, made impotent, yeah, by. Such evil forces. Who
1: was that in your life? Was that you? (laughs) Well, you know, there's something about when you do, you know, archetypal work or dream work, you gotta, gotta, every person in that was part of me, but no, he was really actually, he was modeled after men I knew, Um, not my husband's, they were different, Uh, they were different characters in there. But yeah, through men I knew, and also the masculine, I suppose that what that you know that that sells selling their your soul to to um, forces of of that try and control you, and and it's kind of what happens when you sell your soul is what I was really and I yeah that that. was very obvious I felt for him yes and he well you you know the second book it does continue and you might like what happens in the second book <laughs> Gregory survives okay well he was still, there. Yep. still yeah. there yeah so now
0: I want to know tell us about uh well you've sort of mentioned about 111 days of the divine intervention a mother's healing journey is there anything that's coming and I'm sure we'll We'll talk about that at another time. But is there anything you'd like everyone to know because it's coming out this spring, right? So would, would you like our our audience to uh, earmark it and watch for it?
1: Yes. <laughs> would you like to know? Well, I want to tell you what I did. So I'm start. It's a 111 days of divine intervention, and it is stories of divine intervention, like what I have explained. But um, and then inspiration to help others. But what I did, Irene, is I created a podcast, actually. Oh, good for you. <laughs> I, and it, I called it 111 Days of Divine Intervention, and I just did the first episode. But because I'm, while writing the book, I ha, I'm i communicating to and gathering um people to listen and hear and wake up their own divine interventions. And so you can watch, you know, you we can look for that, the podcast, um, 111 Days of Divine Intervention. And my, go to my website and get my, uh, on my email list, and I send out updates. And I would love to also hear other stories, too, of divine intervention. Um, especially through death loss, because I feel that as you do with grief and, and rebirth, it's, you know, uh, giving such hope and, and, and a new life to, to those of us who have lost loved ones in such a tragic way. It's wow. life and hope. So there's the, so check out the podcast. We'll see how that goes, but, and the book will be out. And if you go to my website, you can, Okay. Get some information on it.
0: And now you have this heart of guide, creative healing arts, which is divine. And you say it was divinely inspired with the right people and experiences showing up at exactly the right time. So I'm going to combine it with another question I have, because you're an intuitive guide, a spiritual counselor, a soul medium, and a Reiki teacher and a practitioner. So tell us how this was like this podcast for me. How was Heart of Gaia Creative Healing Arts Divinely Inspired with the right people and experiences showing up? And um, the second question is, how do you implement the modalities that you are that you use to facilitate healing empowerment for people who are going through transitions in their lives? Mm-hmm. And also, do you do this from a distance? Can anyone in our audience listening to you um, you know, zoom with you, dial you up or whatever. Let's, you know, and
1: so how do you, how do you help them? Okay, sure. Okay, so another divine intervention. So years ago when I was going through that divorce, writing my novel and deciding how am I going to make a living? You know, I would have been a mom for so many years and I decided to to do some volunteer work at Children's Hospital in Denver um, since my son, who was born with a congenital heart defect, he was now 16 and doing okay, and I, you know, I thought, I thought, okay, I want to give back to all those wonderful, amazing people, and so I signed up. But nobody contacted me, and it was months went by. I was like, wait, what? You know, I want to help. And then finally, I got a call from uh, from them, and and it was actually, it was a woman from the March of Dimes, and she said, "We're creating a pilot program here for the parents who have children in the ICU, and we'd like you to." Um, to teach or hold or facilitate a journaling workshop for them. And, wow. I was like, and I was like, I had never done that before in my life. How did you, why did they, why did they ask me? And, um, and, but I had been an avid journaler all my life since I was a little girl. And so but I how said, how does she know? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, this is the divine intervention. Right. And so I said, okay. I said, yes, this is what I do, by the way. And this is what I, you know, when spirit knocks, you say, Okay, yes. Right, Irene. Right. <laughs> you, know, you don't know exactly how it's going to work, but you say yes, I suppose, or you go kicking and screaming, whatever you decide. So I, I said yes, and I, I did present, you know, but it was, um, it, it's not exactly the right, you know, it's parents are in trauma. So I did that, but then I had people asking me to do it here at home. So that's kind of how I created. I started holding workshops um, for journaling for personal growth and empowerment and using my intuitive gifts. And, and then I start. I learned Reiki and, and happened to have a counselor that I sought out after my divorce and she was a Reiki mental health professional and a Reiki practitioner. And back in the day before, anybody knew about Reiki, I, I, in California during my hippy dippy days, (laughs) I learned about Reiki in the 80s, early 80s, so anyway, it all came together, and I started my practice, and it, it just grew over the years into what it is now, where I offer um, healing sessions, I use Reiki, and I use um, intuitive guidance, I will connect with, I connect with, um, so the modalities are intuitive guidance, uh, healing, um, energy healing, and... You're also a soul medium, right? Yes, and I'll okay. connect with your, and I call it soul medium because I connect, as I did with my son, Brandon, and and um, others throughout my life and for others, I connect with the essence of soul passed on loved one and I, I will give whatever you know messages are needed and just a knowing that they're there and and so I do mediumship readings and um and I kind of have a it's a mixture of of the modalities but it's a very potent powerful um healing session of connection to loved ones, connection to your own spirit guides, if that's what you want, you know, if that's what's needed and a healing too. And I do distance, right? Um, I've been doing distance since I started my practice. I have clients all over, um, the country, North America and, um, some in Europe. And so it's, it works well. I've always done distance. So I had no problem when it had to go all virtual, you know, during, um, this, past couple of years and um, and I also hold groups and um, we do like the women at the forest we gather and do uh, intentions and
0: now do you do this on zoom also or yes I do it
1: on zoom and I'm also I also do journaling Um, I still have the core group of journalers and I I'm offering something now it's a all virtual where you it's a um, 30-day self-care ritual through journaling so you get an email every morning and um of a journaling prompt and then one guided meditation i do give you per week and it's to support you in your self-care um journey and it starts i'm starting at october 1st um all virtual you can do it on your own time and you don't have to you know have a meeting and so i like to offer those um those empowering connection ways to connect with our people with their transitions to help them to heal absolutely yes Um, so now your personal professional life is
0: taking you deep into your own ancestral heritage as a healer and seer we know you're a healer and seer Mm -hmm. how did you find out about this and can you help others who are saying gee i want to find out about that too can someone call you up and say
1: can you tell me about that or my past life, or what was yeah. going on with my ancestral stuff. Yes, I love that you um, focused, or that you brought that up. Um, okay, so I do readings in the Akashic Records, and that's the, uh, that Akashic Records is a, I like to think of it as a library, where all of our um, big books, you know, I love libraries, and it's the, the wisdom of our soul in every lifetime we've lived, And, and so we can go into that and you can ask where, where, who are my ancestors? What is, what is my purpose here? Um, Who am I, who am I connected with in this life? Who am I to be? And so I discovered through the records and through my own writing my book that I, I have actual physical, um, um, ancestors and many, many of my past on loved ones who are, who have been, um herbalists or, you know, in the the uh, Italian, southern Italy area, I have my ancestors, I have my ancestors from the Great Britain. And then I also have indigenous, um, North uh, Canadian and indigenous, my great, my grandfather was um, from the uh, Huron Wendat tribe. Oh, that's some of
0: your intuit- intuitive abilities come from him. Yeah,
1: and so it's so it's so interesting because I have all of those ancestral connections, but I believe we all do, and we're all really yearning for that. You know that who am I and what are my gifts? And one when you connect with them, when you connect with your gifts, it's very natural, right? You just you're not always. Um, Uh, understanding them, but they're, I'm sure they're calling you so I can help you connect with them. You
0: can help identify what they are. And you can also give a little, give some background from the Akashic records as to what some of the issues are, where they're coming from and all that kind of thing.
1: Absolutely. That's absolutely. Yeah. It's a lot of, um, you know, finding the issues and going, oh, I get that now why it's that way, you know,
0: Right, right, right. So, Mary, why and in what ways do you believe that society's views of death and the bereaved need to change?
1: Okay, there's so much richness in all these questions. I will, in my experience, I do my um, homework. <laughs> you sure do. You are the best. You are so amazing. Um, uh, so death and bereavement in society, what I found, Irene, from my own experience is that we like our society I kind of said it this way or death is they treat death like a disease you know like oh death is a disease and you gotta not talk about it and get around it and when someone you love dies um just get over it and and I really do feel that that's the cultural um way I and I was raised that it was like don't talk about death it's scary and sad and 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 so um, I found it to be quite the opposite, that that death is actually a part of life. And it is a transition from we're all going to go through it. And I we've all been through it a few times. Yes, we have. We know it, you know, and that is something we know what it is. And I've heard this recently. It's like we know how to grieve. It is in us how to you know, grieve the loss of a loved one or, um, you know, be support, support each other in that. And, and I think that, um, my work and my, one of my, my purpose is to through my work and my being who I am is to change the way we look at death and, uh, allow it to give it, give us its blessings. And so I go to the root of my ancestral, um, you know, peoples and, And there was a celebration and there was a great reverence and there was bereavement time and an understanding that what you're going through physically, emotionally, mentally and spiritually, and we need a community to be completely supportive of us. And I, did, you know, I found that like people, not everyone, many people showed up, but then there were the closest people that I thought would, of course, be there that weren't because so much fear around death and the the feelings and the big feelings that it it brings up and um it also changes relationships
0: i found yes depending on um how people relate to death or what happened to you or your fears or whatever it really it really you change and your situations around it change
1: yeah yes and i think i found that people are afraid to you know talk to you sometimes because you know, they think they're going to catch it or something, <laughs> or, you know, or, or they don't know what to say, you know, people don't know what to say. So I think that there's a lot of education and learning about the, and, and again, I bring it back to self love and compassion and, and for self and others, it's so important uh, for how we, we treat the grieving and death and, and also the you know the spiritual aspects of death are um are often there's so much more to it than even the religions have you know shared it's like a big secret but it's not it's not what a mean
0: spiritual saying that we cross over and we transition or, or are you talking about something specifically
1: well what i mean what i was uh talking about is what i what we're taught through our our maybe religions about death. Um, and well, I was taught, you know, it was kind of like, well, this is what happens. You have to be good and you'll go to heaven. And, oh, right. and, and there's so much more than that. That's, that's limiting. And, um, and I think that that, you know, there's just so much more to explore around what really happens to our soul and, and also who we are as souls while we're alive. And, and that as when we die, It all is part of the story. You know, it's all. Yeah, we
0: cross over with all of it. I know that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Mary, you call love our greatest teacher. Could you explain how life is both a healing adventure, which you're sort of talking about, and a sacred journey that awakens us to our true potential and the truth of who we are, which is love. Mm. Uh,
1: Love is our greatest teacher.
0: You say well, it teaches us through our love of others and our love of ourselves.
1: Yes, um, you know, I, at, I think of um, the teachings. Uh, I'm going to go to the teachings of the religion I was brought in, but basically, I was, I was always told that, or I don't know if I just knew it that love, love would conquer all, that love would heal all. And so when Brandon passed and, and even before that, I just thought, well, you know, I, I'm going to believe that love is, um, a healing balm and the love of my family, the love of my children, the love of nature, the love, and, and that, that would guide me. And so I, that love that is beyond the human, but it includes the human I feel is, is, um, is, is the um, is what I want. I want to have more of that in my life. So I, uh, it's a way for me to also, and to, to share that there's a lot of opposite of love, a lot of um, fear and, and even hate. Yes, yes. I mean, an evil that is happening. And so really, right now, more even than than, you know, even a year ago or two, it's like we the focus on love and, and, um, and being that loving person, but not to your detriment. You know, it's to, it's the power that is um, to be used. um, When you need to speak up, you speak up when you when you need to turn the other cheek you do but you know it's it's a that's about learning
0: discernment to me
1: yes and another
0: lesson about learning discernment
1: yes and discernment with love at the core you know it will help it, it is a guide and a healing agent yeah yeah
0: yeah um well you of all people in the universe what is your message about healing and walking forward from grief to rebirth that you'd like to share with our Grief and Rebirth podcast audience. And how do you define rebirth, Mary?
1: <laughs> okay, my message to walk forward to grief and rebirth. Well, very clearly, it is probably the, the most important journey of your life. <laughs> it is the journey of my life. So taking one step at a time, you know, and finding the helpers and the healers and, away, you know, trusting your own in, inner inner belief, however tiny it is that there is love at the core of everything. And um, I, that is how I walk forward and how I assist, you know, my fellow travelers. I call everyone my fellow travelers. It's like, okay, we're going to believe in the power of love and healing and hope and inspiration. And, and, um, and we're going to walk forward in that and take one step at a time. And that has been my saving grace. I've walked through many, a, a grief and, and I, and I hold that hope for rebirth, which is what do I want to have my message be, which is, um, believe in yourself, love yourself and share that love, um, growth. So soul, our souls are here, definitely to grow and learn. And if you can connect with that in any way, and it makes sense, um, and then start asking, what might that mean for, for you? Uh, you know, what does it mean to have soul growth? And I could find that those answers through the divorce through the loss of my son, Brandon, I, I knew he was he had grown his soul and, and I was to grow my soul. And, and, um, and so that's, that's rebirth to me is, is to transform the pain and the suffering and the uh, trauma into, um, into love and, and healing and to, and often purpose. Yes. And manifested into your, you know, what is, what, what do you have to share? Because we need each other now more than ever, I believe on our planet. And, and there's so many ways to connect with amazing people like you and that are doing such amazing things and sharing, you know, what the works of others through your podcast. And it's like, this is not my purpose. So I'm very clear to, um, This is who I am and what I want to share, because if I could bring, you know, yes, I work with people in all kinds of ways, um, connecting them to their soul and their purpose and their ancestors and their healing and the healing, their energy. But really it's about bringing moments of peace and grace and comfort that we can believe in so we can keep going. And then the, you know, and And then you can look back and go, wow, that was truly miracle that I was able to um, walk through each day and transform that deep pain and suffering into my, uh, alchemize it into gold and gems. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: It's beautiful. Now that everyone wants to connect with you give them, um, tell them how they can connect with you. And do you have a special offer for those in our Grief for Me Birth audience?
1: Sure. Tell it out, give it to them, you know? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Okay, so you can connect with me on my website. I have a website that it everything I do, my books are there. Um, is it, it it's a website
0: my, that's called Into the Forest or is it a website well, that's named
1: D'Agostino? Yes, it's my name. It is... My, my name without an apostrophe, so M-A-R-Y-D-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-O.com, and go there, and you'll see all of my offerings, uh, my my sessions, um, my books there, my gatherings, and the journaling specials that I'm doing. And also, if you if you want to mention that you heard me on Irene's podcast, I'll give you a nice um, uh, extra special um amount of time in a session
0: oh everyone come
1: on you gotta give her a call that's gonna you get an extra probably double because i do as irene knows we like to talk we do and as so, long as it's yeah. going you want to hear it <laughs> you yeah, no, yeah. i'll give you i don't like to say discount because it's not discount it's extra added bonus that's high, and... but that's fabulous so then you know yeah. half an hour could become an hour yes Great. 30 minutes 30 I'll, I'll add 30 minutes onto a session that you book um, that's wonderful hey everybody pay attention <laughs> mary
0: what would you like to tell everyone about finding joy in life from your perspective
1: oh so, you know, all of that said, I'm a mom at heart and a grandma, and I, I always return to that. And, you know, and that is, you know, my healing has and transformation has been through children and birth and, you know, the birth of my daughter and then at the early age and the death of my son, Brandon, and then the, all the health things but I always find joy in the moments in the special moments that I get to be with my kids and my grandkids and look in their faces and and just take that in and and you know to me that when it's all said and done that's that's going to be what I'm remembering (laughs) And that brings me joy. It brings me so much joy to just look in their faces, and and they'll and remember that. And yes, and and to say, wow, I really love you. And and as a grandmother too, I'm really enjoying it because I can just you know lay it on thick, and um, and I don't have to worry about raising them. So I find such joy. I have to
0: tell you a joke. A lot of people say to me, uh, "Children are the price you pay for grandchildren." <laughs> Because I also have grandchildren who I adore and like, I don't
1: have to discipline them as much or any of that. I just enjoy them and give them back. Me too. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. children. What is that? Children, are, children the are the price
0: you pay for grandchildren.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, yes. And so that's how I find my joy and right. And through the simple things, the simple, simple things, that's it. Um, whether it be the beautiful leaves, I mean, right now I'm just in awe of the colors. Oh, must be are- really gorgeous! I mean, it's beautiful in New Jersey. I can imagine what's going on in Colorado. Oh, it is so gorgeous and in the mountains. Oh, must be stunning. And, and so that I I find joy in those simple things, and and that fuels me.
0: That's wonderful. Well, Mary, you are such a special healing beacon of light. I applaud your passion to share messages of love, hope and inspiration from spirit through your wise and intuitive counsel, your practical insights, and the healing energy you so generously share. And I commend you on your sacred personal journey of grief to rebirth and the grace-filled healing difference you're making in so many lives. I'm sure that your remarkable book, Into the Forest, A Maiden's Journey, will speak to many hearts and souls in our grief and rebirth audience as it did to mine. Thank you from my heart for this inspiring and uplifting interview. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes at all grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. As I like to say, to be continued... Many blessings and bye for now.